Army Ranger Wyatt Ridge needs is to fall in love when he's about to be deployed again. The last thing nerdy student Kenna Davis expects is to be caught in a whirlwind romance with a stranger. An impromptu summer vacation, one look across the dance floor, a kiss on the beach, that's all it takes for Wyatt and Kenna to know they have found the one. Until Wyatt has to leave, until a bullet changes everything. What if you made the perfect love connection and then you forgot about it? What if you were sure to have found the one, only to end up waiting for a call that never came? She's the part of his soul he didn't know was lost. He's the part of her soul she can't bear to forget. And maybe, just maybe, the very fate that ripped them apart will finally throw them together again. Hot for the Ranger by Ember Flint is a second chance at love, happily ever after guaranteed romance, and now available in Kindle Unlimited. Go grab it, ladies, and we'll see you in just a second. Bye. Hi, lady listeners. Hey, lady DJs. Hey. Something really quick before we get started. If you were listening to this episode, there was an an ad. Oh, shit, no. Okay, it was on Friday, but I want to talk about it now because it's Michelle Mills' book that came out, and I read the ad for it. And on the ad, she has the word that this girl was in a med lab. And I said the word meth lab 17 times, and I kept having to re-record it. So if you listen to the ad on Friday's episode with Michelle Mills, please listen out for me because, uh, like, please just give that ad some love because I legit had to record it over and over and over because every time I got to that line, I would say meth lab. Every time. And I was like, the girl's in a meth lab. Heroin's in a meth lab. Like, I just couldn't get it out. Whole different book. Yeah, but I feel like if you, but if you, I feel like if Michelle Mills wrote a book where they, where there was a meth lab, because she writes aliens, like, can you yeah, imagine yeah. Breaking Bad, but mm-hmm. like in alien land, <laughs> in an alien land? Uh, yeah, bitch, I read it. And then like the meth turns them instead of it turns them like human. Oh, so they do meth all Ooh, the time. So they yeah. do meth. But then they're addicts. <laughs> so then the, the hero, he does the meth and turns human. <laughs> Let's write this. And he, so he like meets a human girl. Uh, she thinks he's human. She doesn't realize he's alien and her family is like super against aliens. So she, he has to keep taking the meth. Um, and then he realizes, she realizes eventually that he's, um, what day is it? <laughs> <laughs> Where am I? I don't even know what's going on. Well, you know what? We've plotted out a math book at 10 a.m. Like, let's, I mean, we've got the whole day now. The whole day's ahead of us. (laughs) We've gotten that out of the way. Oh, my God. I went away this weekend, and I was supposed to be relaxing, and all I could do was just plot books. Like, I couldn't even. That's good, though. Yeah, just in my head, you know, like, I wouldn't let myself write anything down. But all I wanted to do. I love that. um, Oh, Mackenzie wants to show me a picture. Oh, sorry. I'm recording a podcast. Um, okay, but so that's the best. That's the best thing about getting away. We can talk about that in a minute. Let's introduce our our author this week, and then we can get into your little staycation place. So yeah, we have QB Tyler on the podcast this week. We're super excited. Who is the best? She is so sweet. Follow her on Instagram. She always has the nicest things to say, and she posts awesome stuff and her gorgeous books. So her here's her bio. 
Write, wine, work, repeat. A look inside the mind of a not-so-ex-party girl's escape from her crazy life. Hailing from the nation's capital, QB Tyler spends her days constructing her happily ever afters with a twist, featuring sassy heroines and the heroes that worship them, but most importantly, the love story that develops despite inconvenient circumstances. So, yes. I love it. Ish. I love her cover. Her covers are so gorgeous. Yeah. I love them. I love it. She has a, her most recent release is Love Unexpected, and it's a stepdad book. Ooh. <laughs> I'm interested. And that actually, I think that actually is my favorite of all of her covers. Really? I love that one. Yeah. That's hot. I, I'm here for a This stepdad. is the blurb for it. It's, it's pretty short. I, I'd only wanted one kiss. One kiss under the dark of night in a city where no one knew us. One kiss fueled by my hormones and alcohol and the blinding grief over losing my mother. Convenient. (laughs) (laughs) One kiss from the man I told myself was untouchable, but it didn't stop at one kiss, and now we're running full speed down a road with no intention of stopping. His Mm -hmm. touch disarms me, his kiss revives me, but our story could, oh, but our love could destroy me. This is a taboo novel and is intended for mature audiences only. And you definitely can get it in. Kindle Unlimited, yeah. yep. Love Unexpected yeah. by QB Tyler. Go check it out. It's out now. I love it. So, yeah. So, how was your time Where away? We- Where did you go? How how far away was it? We just, we, we drove two and a half hours away to Montauk, which is like the mm-hmm. end of Long Island. It's the very tip of Long Island. Oh, Island. nice. They call it the end. Um, mm-hmm. And I'd never been there. It was pretty cool. You know, we just like stayed and we just stayed in a hotel and everybody was masked up and distanced and we did everything outside, mm-hmm. like all our meals and everything we did was outdoors. So it just felt That's safe. That's so nice. And yeah. It yeah. felt good to get out, to get out away To from get a, a change of scenery is so amazing right now, honestly. Like just to to have something else to look at <laughs> besides like the, the same four walls. Yeah. And it's funny because like even though I've been with my family nonstop since March, Eventually, somewhere along the line, we stopped connecting with each other. Yeah. So it was funny to, like, get out of the house and go somewhere and then just be, like, connected again, even though we'd been... That's a good point. Yeah, it's so true. Kind so of stopped connecting. Mm-hmm. At first, we're, like, all over each other. And we're, like, oh, we're playing games. Yeah. We have so much family time. Yeah. And now it's, like, move out of my way. You're in my yep. spot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I totally get it. I, we actually purposely had... Um, dinner in the dining room the other night where I was like, cause normally we'll sit at the bar in the kitchen and we'll just, I mean, we eat at the same time, but usually like there's either something on TV or we're all talking and I'm like, I don't even eat at the same time. Cause I'm usually cooking and making plates and like cleaning up and then I'll sit and eat and the kids are done. And the other night I was like, no, we're all going to eat in the dining room. We're going to sit down and we're going to talk and we're going to stare at each other. And they're like, okay. And everybody was fine with it. And it was so great. Like we did the rose and thorn where you go around and you tell like the part of your day, what was the rose and what was your thorn. And, and the kids are always so cute about like what their, what their goods and bads were. And, and it's so sweet when, when you just hear, you know, what was the best part of their day. And it's sweet. I've been, I'm so used to going out of town, like every, like at least two months to go up to Jersey yeah, or something yeah. or to come here. But I actually came up with a good idea. I don't know if it's going to work. So I thought maybe what if, if you have a friend that's far away, what if you find a place that's like on a lake in a cabin or something mm-hmm. and you guys split the drive? Yeah. Like in between. Yeah. And you meet halfway. Yeah. That's a great idea. And then you could see, I see everybody. Yeah. That's yeah. what I do with Jill I don't know every two or three months. We meet somewhere halfway, usually in New Jersey. 
Mm-hmm. It makes it so much Yeah, better. that's awesome. Yeah. Well, like I had thought about that the other day with um with LB, her birthday's coming up and um I thought about the same thing. I was like, "Oh gosh, she's driven to my house so many times since this has all gone down." And it's like 8 hours for her. And I was just like, "Gosh, I should really drive to her." And I was like, "But what if we met halfway?" <laughs> like did that. Like I'm such an asshole. Oh, that's right. We had, we like planned it out a little bit. We're like, "Everybody's going to be extra good for the first Two weeks. Yeah, yeah. And she works in the medical field. She's like, well, I'll get tested on Monday, go or tested on Friday, go home, get my results Mm -hmm. Monday morning. And if I'm clear, then I'll go. Yeah, yeah. That's really good. So then we can make... And everybody's just supposed to no haircuts, no nothing. Just home. <laughs> no, does your voice sound it. different? Mine? Did, yeah. She said her her throat was sore. Oh, your throat's sore. Okay. Yeah. I was mm-hmm. like, it's not crazy sore. It's just like I woke up. <laughs> no, because I thought it might be because you finally have internet at your house that I'm like, is this what you really sound like? <laughs> <laughs> I never thought I do. Have I even mentioned that? I have new internet. I'm not in the office. I'm at home. What are we gonna do with your office? Oh, what? Let's all right. Let's brainstorm. What? All right, group activity. Everybody <laughs> name three things we can turn Mel's office into. Go. <laughs> it's it's not technically mine. It's my father's. <laughs> oh, what can your dad put in there? We're gonna advertise. I don't know. Romance. Taxidermy oh. studio. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, yep. And it it's always for rent. So the people that just remember I said the food pantry yeah, was in there uh-huh. a long time ago. They bought the because it's gotten so big that they had to buy a huge warehouse down the road. Mm-hmm. So the food pantries, nobody's in there now at all. As of yesterday, nobody's in there. So what are we gonna do with all the space activities? Let's do a karate dojo. And that's <laughs> gonna segue into what I want to talk about today. Dude. Cobra Kai on Netflix. Has anybody seen this or heard of it? I heard it's number Cobra one Kai. on Netflix right now. And it's number one for a fucking reason, okay? I watched the trailer for this and shit on it. And I was like, I'm not watching that, Kevin. It's the stupidest looking thing ever. But let me tell you, this show knows what it is. It says, all right, let me start off by saying it, it says TV 14 or something. It's a show. It's or not a for movie? kids. It's a series. So they have two seasons, two full seasons are out right now. And the third season's coming next year. But it says TV 14, it's not for kids, uh, definitely older teenagers, because they say, like, sucking dick, hand job, like, everybody calls everybody pussies. It is 80s PG. So, like, you know, if you go back and watch a rated PG movie in, like, 1985, you're going to get a lot more than you bargained for. That's what this is. But this show knows exactly what it is. It knows it. So, it was written by Ralph Macchio and the guy that plays Johnny. And they wrote it in 2018, and they put it on YouTube. And I guess Netflix picked it up, and they've aired the first two seasons on here. And it is so fucking good. We started watching it, and then I had a friend of mine who said, it's the Gilmore Girls for Men. And I've never watched Gilmore Girls, so I don't know if I can make that connection. What? What? I never watched it either. Sorry, it's obnoxious. Mm -mm. Wow! Wait a second. Wait a second. Obnoxious. This is... This is a show I have watched. Yeah. And neither of you have watched. No. no. That's like a record. I know. Mark it down on the calendar that it actually happened. <laughs> but, Bro, um, well, but yeah. Well, I feel like this was, so this is like a second act for him because he's kind of gone away. Yes. And he's and, not Scott Bayo. Like, they're not the same person, right? Because mm, I keep no. <laughs> in my head, I'm no, seeing Scott I get them Bayo. confused. I got them confused, too, when we yeah. started watching it. But listen, 
So it is about Ralph Macchio and Johnny, the blonde-headed guy he gets in the fight with. They both have competing karate dojos that they've opened now. <laughs> but this that's what's great about this is they go all in. They do montages. They do, like, corny lines. It's, like, explosions. Like, it is so over the top that it is awesome it's so much fun it has been like every night we've gone we're like put on another episode put on another like it's so good and they're all drama it's like soap operas where there's always this big cliffhanger at the end of every episode so you got to watch the next one like it's so over the top it's so fun it's so like it's nostalgic they have tons of clips from the karate kid movies of them fighting it has johnny's backstory and like why he went to his sensei and why he was an asshole and how he wants to like change that he doesn't want to be that asshole anymore like i'm sorry but johnny could get it today he could get it like it's so fucking good like i cannot tell you guys how much we have enjoyed watching this that you gotta watch it okay. it's so fun yeah it's so good i've been meaning to show mackenzie the next karate kid with hillary swank do you remember that yeah i yeah. remember i wanted to be her so bad like i Aww. wanted to be i like i loved her bangs i loved her mm-hmm. sweatpants i loved everything about that probably would have been big when you were out because we're i'm a little bit older than you guys and like you know the the one that i related to the most was the one where he was in okinawa and he went there in japan and like had the turn there and stuff because that was the one where I was like oh my god this is the best movie ever and so I remember the Hillary Swank but I think that was a few years later but they have everybody comes back like all the old people from all the old karate movies comes back and I think like the season the second season ends on a huge cliffhanger and I'm like oh my god they're gonna bring back like big stars like I'm, I'm so excited yeah, now that it's number so one on Netflix they could probably just call in yeah call in people yeah yeah so I just I, I know this it sounds ridiculous and hokey and you're like oh whatever but if you like the Karate Kid movies at all these are like these are eight these are shot in a in a they're written in a format that is like an 80s movie where there's like oh, we're going to go to the dance and we're going to have a fight and, like, our crew's here and your crew's there. It's like Stranger Things a little bit. Kind of, like, just, it sounds like what's your, well, that's what you're describing. Yeah, like, it's, yeah, like, uh-huh. it follows that 80s movie. It's not that good of production quality. <laughs> so it's, like, it's campier. Stranger Things. Campier. Yeah, yeah, it's campier, but it's fun, though. It's still really good. Like, they go to the mall and there's a big fight and it's, but it's, <laughs> it's so fun. Like, Cracky. It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah, and there, like I said, there's corny lines and it's, some of it's predictable, but there's love stories that are happening oh. with, like with their kids and stuff because all the guys are older so they all have high school kids now so there's like high school drama oh. and stuff but we started watching this with our kids in the first couple episodes you're we like oh they can't watch this yeah. like, i mean because of the language and stuff in it and there's i mean there's not like any sexual scenes but they talk about sexual things like girls are getting drunk at parties and hooking up with dudes and you know that kind of thing and i'm like uh my my kids are a bit young for that yeah i tried i think i tried to watch um, umbrella academy with Mackenzie. yeah because everybody said like it's a natural like if you like stranger things this will be yeah yeah but it was way too um there was just way too many sexual references yeah i couldn't do it that's how this was you know they said hand job in like one of the first episodes and I was like, I don't know. Like we kind of let that slide. And then there's one part where somebody paint, spray paints a big dick on a billboard and he's like, and Ralph Macchio is like, oh, it's easy for you to say you're not sucking dick or whatever. And I was just like, oh, I don't think my nine year old can listen to this anymore. <laughs> yeah. So it's definitely like, I would say it's it's definitely the 80s PG version where it's like, oh, your kids aren't ready. All for right. Those, well, that's but. good to know. Maybe you'll watch it. Um, yeah, it was really fun. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 
You know what I seen the other night, actually? Now I'm thinking about doing a movie marathon of it because it popped up on uh, Facebook or something. Somebody had said, um, The Last Jeepers Creepers was 19. Oh, we watched um, it. 77, yeah. 1997, and you do realize it's his time to return 23 this late years later. Year. No! This year. No! Yep. Do you guys want to hear something fucked up? The Jeepers Creeper guy lives in my town. The dude who did the, what, the guy that plays yeah, him? Yeah, in the trucks here. Yeah. They park it fucking downtown. You can drive downtown. I'll take a picture of it. Oh. It's right by my post office. No, it's not. But now I'm thinking about scary. doing a movie marathon like, of it. I watched the first one and I was like, well, I'm never watching that again. Because it, I was, sco- I was so scared. I was it's so scared. Scary. And so, like, I drove downtown but, the other day and the fucking truck was there. I was like, why is he going to park in the fucking Main Street? Like, I was so well, I, was talk- I was talking to my girlfriend about it. I'm like, well. He doesn't want my eyes because they're shot. <laughs> he clearly doesn't want tits. I don't know what he's going to want for me. I'm safe. And then I told my husband, I said, I'm like, you're just okay. So I might be good because I'm not replacing a husband. <laughs> like, shut up. <laughs> so how many movies are there? Does it hold I think up? there's three. three. Yeah. I the knew- second one's the best one. The second one. And I haven't, I actually haven't seen the one that came out in 19... 19- uh, 2017, which I'm gonna watch this oh weekend. So how? I think I might. So there's three. I think I might watch all of them. There's three. Yeah. The first one is about the brother and sister okay. that catch something. He's chasing them down. The third one is about uh, a school no, that's bus. The second. Oh, you're right. It's, that is the third one. So, the third one's the best one. Then. The third one. Bu- oh, okay. Wait, that didn't come we out know what the third one is. It came out way earlier. The first. Hold on. The first one was the brother and sister. Okay. The second one was the school bus, if I'm remembering yeah, the second right. One was the school bus. And the third, and the third one, I have no idea because I didn't know it existed. But the thing, and then I started reading the history of it. Is it real? Too- Don't tell me if it's real. The- I'm gonna be able to sleep. No, hold tonight. on. No, 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 no. What's happened is they've taken. It's almost as like they took two separate stories and mushed them together. So one of the stories was about a guy who killed his wife, shot her in the back of the head. Because she was going to leave him. And he dumped her behind a church. Okay. Which is what the creeper does. He dumps these bodies when he's done with okay. them. And, but this guy got caught. He, two people seen him doing it. And he followed them for miles. Exactly like it happens in Stop Creepers. It. And then there's another story about a clipped winged man or whatever. And it's like they took the two things together. But I say what's weird about the, the couple that followed the Jeepers Creepers. The guy followed them. Is none of that came to light. Like it was a 2001 um, mysterious show, like mystery murder. Yeah, like and trying mystery. to figure it out. Yeah, yeah. But when all the movie came out, then the script stuff came out about what really happened, and a lot of the dialogue matched word oh, for word. Tell me, don't tell me stuff like this. <laughs> They're like, this wasn't out when Jupiter. This, this is Halloween. This is Halloween. 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 Wait a minute! I just read that there's, there's going to be a Jeepers Creepers, Jeepers Creepers four. So, yeah. when does it come out? Well, this year, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> so when was the last one done? How long ago? 2017, right? So. Oh wow! Yeah. yeah. So there will be a number four, but it probably just comes straight to DVD, obviously, because. Oh, I think in the shows or the movies, they're just jumping years to match because it's always got to be so many like, years. I'm going to take a picture. So in the future, it's in like the year. <laughs> it's like Jetsons. Because I remember Super one, I, rem- I remember watching one and in the first, they know he's about to rise and the guy has him, like they found his body, put him up in the barn and they have like hammered him, like crucified him almost. Like, so they're like, you're not waking up. 
they tried to pin him to this wall. Oh, wow. And obviously he wakes up. Did you guys yeah. watch The Quiet Place? Me and Mackenzie watched The Quiet Place. What's that? With John Krasinski. I can't. And Emily Blunt. Maybe yes. I could. Yeah. Actually, maybe I can watch it now. Because before it drove me crazy because I couldn't hear. Oh. I'm not watching this. <laughs> you can't hear. There's yeah. no sound. I mean, there's only like maybe, maybe, I mean, there's only maybe like five minutes worth of speaking in the whole movie. Yeah, there's probably only five lines in the whole. Yeah, movie. like it's <laughs> yeah. It, they're all trying to be super quiet because the the thing quiet. is, it, the monster comes if you make a sound. Yeah. Anyways, it's really good. Um, but they had um they had the Jeeper tre- Jeepers Creepers truck at the last like I mean obviously before the pandemic the last like thing they had downtown here the festival, and they had it to where they had it Halloween last year where you could go out and you could get a picture with the truck and the guy but he just parks it downtown I'm gonna I'm gonna take a picture it's all it. smashed I, I want to see a picture I mean you can it looks like a normal truck but it looks old as shit like it looks like the truck but it's it's got the weird back. Were the doors open? No, this is like open in the back. It just it looks like it looks like a like a truck, like the the truck without the bed on it, but it's all like rusted over and it looks old and like it's been in a field for a really long time or something. I think I'd rather. It always seems like he always gets who he's after, so I feel like he always gets whoever he wants. Doesn't matter. I think I'd rather just go out, set in the field, and say, "Okay, there's something you want. Let's get this over with." <laughs> If he flies right past me, I'm like, I'm good, guys. I gotta go. Sorry for your luck. There's no stopping it. <laughs> this, this is what it is. Let me ask this question, too. Does fall begin on September 1st for you? Does the fall season change for you? Even though it was 97 degrees here yesterday. Is it, it fall wasn't for here. you guys? It was in the 70s. It's in the 70s now. I don't know. Jesus. Whatever the calendar says is whatever the calendar says, but it doesn't feel like fall here to, for me until, like, the kids are in school and it's cooler, mm-hmm. like, October. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because I have friends that are, like, putting up, like, fall decorations, like, wreaths and pumpkins and, are like, like they're decorating right now for fall. No. And I'm like, it, it was literally 97. It's supposed to be 93 here today. I was like, this is not fall, guys. To like, I know own. September 1st <laughs> happened, but. I seen somebody say to the, the other day, September, you better come in here acting right. Yeah, act like you got some sense. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you know what, though? That's if somebody me. told me that, I mean, I, I put up my Christmas tree in October, so I really probably can't say anything. Like, I shouldn't, I shouldn't judge or shame. But, um, but yeah, I just thought that's a little early September, but it's hard for me to, who, fu- who fucking cares right now? This is the thing, that? like, I love more than anything in the world, leggings and boots. Like, I love wearing leggings and boots up to my knees and a big sweater and walking around with a coffee in my hand. Like, I know that's super basic, but yes. I love it more than anything. Who cares if it's basic? Yeah. Orgasms are basic. I love them too. <laughs> <laughs> Now that you were talking about underwear, <laughs> that story I told about the underwear yesterday was not a lie. That really that happened you to me. Have you seen my post? Tell, but, Wait, what? Tell what? You made a post on Facebook. I woke I woke up. It was like in the morning. I just wake up and I'm like stumbling in the bathroom. I pull down my pants and I'm peeing and I'm like looking down like, I got two pair of underwear on. <laughs> the worst part is I have no what idea. To that I have two pair of how do you no? How do you put on I think your underwear only, and then think I, I need another pair of underwear? I think what happened is generally when I go to take my shower or whatever, I take my clothes and I put them there, and then I take my dirty clothes off and I usually toss them in the hamper. I must have missed the underwear or something, mm-hmm. and they fell, 
And I think I got out and started getting dressed, seen the underwear, put them on. Like started putting on my shirt and I was like, oh, underwear there, put them on. <laughs> I don't know. I'm never and then, I don't know. And then I, I woke up and I'm like, there's two pairs of underwear on. It's Monday morning. And I'm like, I just sat there for a second. I'm like, well, I guess I'm wearing two pairs of underwear today because I'm not taking my pants off. Wait. My and I walked around like that, speaking of, that for like all speaking day. Speaking of underwear, I went and I bought the best underwear that I've ever had in my life. Tell me. Where? Airy, the store. Oh, yeah. A-E-R-I-E, Airy. It's American um, Eagle underwear. It's the best underwear I've ever had. It's like seamless and it's it, you don't even feel like you're wearing anything. It's my so sister and LB nice. both swear by them. I mean, they don't carry my size, but the two of them swear by Aerie that they were like the most comfortable bras, the most, most comfortable, comfortable. Ever. And I bought a I bought a pair of sweatpants too that feels like I'm just wearing air. Like it's yeah, they're incredible. I will yeah. say LB gave me a pair of sweatpants she bought from there, and she said they sent us uh, the wrong size, and it was an extra large, and they're tight on me, but like they were really comfortable. All right, you guys, should we start the first half of? Uh, Fantasy with a Felon by QB Tyler. Let's do it. I'm ready for this shit. All right. Let's make it happen. So this is basic. You guys want to stick around for this because this is about a woman who a man is in prison for saving her life and she doesn't think it's fair and she can't wait. She can't wait for him to get out so she can fuck him. (laughs) 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 I'm like... You guys, if this isn't a right up Mel's alley, I don't know what it is. Wow. If if this wasn't written for Melissa, I don't know who it was for. So So you definitely want to stick around for this. It's banging. And um, we'll talk to you on the other side. Bye. Bye. Fantasy with a Felon by QB Tyler. Read for you by Kelsey Navarro. Chapter one. Asher. I find you fascinating. I read the last line of her letter over and over, as if the words will transform into something different. As if they'll manifest into sounds and I'll be able to hear the sweet words from her precious mouth. The mouth of a woman that has changed my life. Kept me going. Kept me sane over the past few months. I find you fascinating. No, Camilla Larson, it's I who find you fascinating. Fascinated by your words, the vibe you emit, by the feelings you evoke from me when I read your words. She doesn't write in Time's New Roman font when she writes me. Why is that, I wonder. She uses Bradley Hand, or whatever that font is that looks like handwriting, It makes me feel like this is more personal, like she's writing the words instead of typing them. I find you fascinating. I try to picture her as she writes these words, except I have no idea what she looks like. I have no idea what she looks like when she writes these words to me. Does she wear glasses? Ones that sit down on the bridge of her nose as she types away on her laptop or maybe her iPhone. Does Camilla have an iPhone? Or maybe she doesn't have a smartphone. Maybe she's one of those people that are anti-New Age technology. Maybe she's old, like really old. I like to picture Camilla Larson young, maybe my age, late 20s, early 30s, young, full of life, 
craving adventure. She certainly speaks as if she's wise beyond her years, and yet something about her leads me to believe that she's young, very young. I know that she's in grad school, studying social justice with no intention for law school, her words. I just don't know much about her physical age. We haven't discussed that. Surely she knows my age. Everyone does. Everyone knows everything about me after all of the press releases, the articles, the spots in the Seattle Times, USA Today, New York Times, Washington Post. You name it, my name has been there. My name, what happened, what I did. I was 27 when everything went down. And now here I am, two years later, not moving, not progressing, not doing anything except what it seems everyone in America wants me to do, rot. It's been two years and nothing's changed. Despite the mitigating circumstances surrounding what happened, I'm here, like everyone wants me to. Not Camilla, though. She sees through the bullshit. I'll never forget her first letter. I thought about tossing it to the side like the other fan mail I received. People looking for an interview, a scoop. Journalists looking for their big break. I'm not stupid. My case was intriguing, sexy even. Everyone wanted the scoop. The thing about murder is, it was sexy. Whether people want to admit it or not, they wanted to know the who's, the what's, the where's, the how's. They were disturbed, but they wanted to feel the shiver down their spine. It's why serial killers are so popular. I'm not a serial killer, though. Far from it. I'd killed one person. A crime of passion, they called it. He deserved it. He hurt her. He destroyed her from the outside in. People often use the phrase from the inside out, but he destroyed her outsides and then penetrated her insides, deeply, darkly, madly. He'd done it for years and I hadn't known. I hadn't seen the bruises, the scars. Hadn't seen the look in my little sister's eyes until the day I walked into her apartment to see her sprawled out in her bathroom having swallowed a whole bottle of pills. She was barely awake, half drugged as she croaked out the words that made my blood run cold. Rape, James, years. My sister, Daniela's stomach had been pumped, freeing her from the poison she'd tried to put in her body 45 minutes before I was on the move, looking for our stepbrother, James Warford. An hour later, I'd shot him. Two hours later, I was in cuffs. And now here I am, serving a nine-year sentence because self-defense fell through. Self-defense as I was acting on Daniela's behalf. I wouldn't plead insanity because I'm not insane. I'm a big brother, and I'd be damned if I would ever let Daniela go through another second of his torture. So I went down and I'd do it again. Daniela testified, but only to an extent. She was traumatized, scared, petrified. 
and I didn't want her going through it on the stand underneath the scrutiny of a judge, jury, and the bullshit prosecution that tried to paint James and Daniela's relationship as consensual. Fuck that. I sigh, rubbing my fingers over my forehead as I read her words again. I find you fascinating. I'd been in here six months before I got her letter. A white, crisp envelope with my name across the front in that fancy calligraphy that's reserved for wedding invitations or secret society sex parties. Asher Woods. I opened it, hoping for a laugh at best. At least hoping for a reason to go work my frustrations out at the gym. I never expected what was inside that perfectly creased envelope. I held the note in my hand for hours, reading it over and over, wondering if it was some type of joke. I had read letters before, but no one that wanted to help. No one that had put their name and a legitimate institution behind their name. No one that had used the word exonerated, a word that in its basic form meant to free from blame. I wrote her back the next day. And thus began our year and a half chain of letters and, after some time, emails, when I was granted computer privileges. I'm not in maximum security, but I did spend more of my day behind bars than in front of them, which means some days I can't talk to Miss Larson. Those days bother me. In the year and a half that we've been writing back and forth, it has been mostly about my case. Rarely do we talk about other things. Rarely do I glimpse into the life of Camilla Larson. I want to change that. I read over the last line of her letter one more time before I press my fingers into the keys of the 10-year-old computer in the library of the penitentiary. I'd like to meet you. Two weeks later. I don't know why I feel the need to spend more time in the gym today. I'm the fittest I've ever been in my life. A six pack that is growing firmer by the day and arms that can bench press a Cadillac. I look great. Physically, I'm in the best shape of my life. Emotionally, I'm a wreck. But I'm meeting Camilla today. And for some reason, I want to look my best. I'd even asked if I could wear something besides the orange jumpsuit. They laughed when I asked. So here I am sitting on the other side of a metal table, my hands chained together and my feet shackled as I wait for her to enter the room. There's a guard on the inside with us, his eyes staring daggers into my forehead. I wish I could tell him to back the fuck off, that I don't need him here, that she doesn't need him here that I won't hurt her. But my guess is, they won't exactly take the word of a criminal. There's that word again, criminal. I hear some shuffling outside of the door and I look up, waiting for the door to open. I don't know why my heart is pounding. I see the door open and the most beautiful woman I've ever laid eyes on comes walking through. My cock immediately rises to the occasion, having not seen a woman that doesn't work here in months, but also having not seen a woman that looked this good, ever. Of course, 
She's dressed like she's from the convent. Her hair is pulled back in a neat ponytail and a turtleneck sweater. Long pants and boots cover almost every inch of her skin. Her face is essentially free from makeup, except maybe a few coats of mascara on her lashes, extending them upwards and what might be a basic lip balm. My father, when he was alive, was a lawyer. He'd also written a slew of books, one in which he'd advised that women visiting jails should cover up as much as possible. But her eyes, those blue eyes that stare through me, that shy smile she gives me when her eyes find mine, the teeth that nervously gnaw at her lip as she crosses the room. She's beautiful. Asher Woods, hi, she says confidently, her sweet voice ringing through the air. I stand, putting both of my hands out as they're stuck together. Miss Slorson, oh, please, Camilla is fine. Aren't we friends by now? Friends. All my friends had abandoned me when I came in here. One of the things I sacrificed along with my freedom, friendship. Everyone commended me for ending the years of Daniela's torment and abuse, but I was a murderer now. A new box I had to check when I filled out applications. And as my friends started visiting less and less and visits became quick phone calls, I'd learned that my friends didn't want to check that box off. Friends with a convicted felon. Take a seat. I usher towards her. She looks at the guard by the door. I can't be in here with him alone? If you wish. The bouncer states as if to say, it's your funeral. I do, I'll be fine. She turns back to me and waves him off with a flick of her wrist. He disappears, leaving me in this raven-haired beauty that has me remembering that I haven't been inside of a woman in 24 months. I wet my lips and her eyes dart to my mouth. I knew what you look like, but you're different in person. How so? I ask. She's certainly different than how I envisioned her. She shakes her head. Seeing you on television and in pictures, it's not the same as seeing you in person. She shakes her head again. I'm not explaining this right. I just, I feel like I know you. I feel the same. It's good to meet you, she tells me as she pulls out a notepad. I have news. Oh, I ask, leaning back in my chair. My team got you a hearing with the appeals board. No shit, she nods. You work harder than my lawyer. Maybe I should be paying you. She shakes her head. No, no, it's a nonprofit. I know, so you've explained. When I initially offered her money for her help and services and friendship, she turned it down, citing all of this pro bono nonprofit. I could never take your money bullshit. Honey, you are trying to give me my freedom. You can have every penny I have. Not that I have very many left after I spent a ton of them paying for asshole lawyers that just thought I was guilty anyway. You don't pay me to think, you pay me to get you off. Amit Warner had told me, a friend of my father's from law school. He was one of the best defense attorneys in the game, but despite depleting my bank account, despite giving him everything except the clothes on my back, 
It wasn't enough to keep me out of here. She looks at me and I realize I haven't said anything. I clear my throat. Will you be there? I ask with more hope in my voice than I intend. She nods. Yes, of course. I reach across the table, desperate to feel her skin and she flinches. I hope it's not due to nerves. The door swings open and I see the guard shaking his head at me sternly, as if to say, don't even think of touching the pretty grad student again, you piece of shit. Her head whips towards the door and then back to me just as I snatch my hand back as if Camilla's skin is a burning flame, charring my skin. She looks back to me and then down at the place where my hand almost touched hers. I'll be there, she says softly. She opens her notepad and fiddles nervously with her pen before she looks up at me. So let me give you a brief rundown on how this could potentially work. I'm all ears. You are in here for a nine-year sentence with an eligibility to be paroled after four and a half years with good behavior. I nod, knowing this well as I've been counting down until that moment. You do understand that this is not absolving you from a guilty sentence. Yes. We aren't saying that you didn't kill anyone. This isn't the Innocence Project. I'm aware, Miss Larson. This project examines the circumstances surrounding your case and it petitions the parole board that it needs to be reviewed a second time so that you have a shot at an earlier parole. I understand. There is a chance that it will be denied. I understand that as well. But if it's approved, she trails off. You're looking at the time needed to be eligible for parole cut in half. I narrow my eyes as I try to follow this new information she's divulging. Half? Of what, exactly? You're eligible after four and a half years. If the motion is approved, you're looking at a total sentence of two years and three months. She trails off again. Including time served. Meaning? I widen my eyes needing her to say the words before my mind jumps to a million conclusions. Meaning we can have you out of here in 90 days. I freeze, my heart beating wildly in my chest as I process what the woman in front of me has just told me. 90 days? 90 fucking days? Holy shit. A flutter of a smile crosses her lips, and I don't mistake the slight ache in my cock as I watch her lips turn upwards. She really is insanely beautiful, and she is doing everything she can to get me out of here. She's an angel in disguise, my angel. Please don't get your hopes up, she says softly. Stay positive. And know that we are all working very hard, but I don't know how this is going to go. Her tongue darts out to wet her lips. I try to ignore the ache in my cock. I try to convince myself that I'm not going to ferociously masturbate later. But if she doesn't keep those teeth off her bottom lip, there's zero chance of that. I nod as visions of driving a car, sleeping in my own bed, my freedom, come to a screeching halt at her words. I understand. You will need to make a statement, 
but we will prepare you as it gets closer. When is it? Next month, specifically 36 days from now, April 23rd. April 23rd, April 23rd, April 23rd. You'll be ready. Camilla. A gush of air leaves my lungs as soon as I cross the threshold from the Washington State Prison. My hand finds my chest and I can feel the rapid thump, thump, thump of my racing heartbeat against my palm. Not from the series of catcalls I heard as I was guided through the facility. Not because of all the obscene things that were shouted at me as I walked behind the guards, avoiding eye contact with the men that were borderline salivating at the sight of a woman. No, my heart is racing because of one particular man that sat across from me at a metal table, looking like sin wrapped up in an orange starburst wrapper. And I could remove those wrappers with my tongue. I can still feel the arousal pooling in my panties. I thought he could tell I was aroused when he noticed me squirming. He asked if he made me nervous, and I wanted to tell him yes, but not for the reasons he was thinking. But because I'm desperate to feel every inch of you wrapped around me, because I want to feel you buried inside of me, because I want you to rip me apart and then put me back together. I'd almost ask to stop at the bathroom so I could clean myself up and get myself off using the hand that he shook, the large warm hand that my hand felt perfect inside of. I begin to walk to my car, my clit throbbing with the need for relief with every second that passes. I look down at my right hand, it shakes, but I'm not scared, I'm invigorated. I'm going to help get that man out of prison, and then I'm going to fuck him. Chapter two, Camilla. Hair should be in a bun or a neat ponytail. Under no circumstances should a woman visiting a prison leave her hair down. I look at the paper detailing the guidelines regarding my visits to the prison. Women should wear minimal makeup and have their hair pulled back. I pull the plug for my curling wand from the wall as I look at myself in the mirror. I've obeyed the minimal makeup guidelines, though there are a few more coats of mascara on my lashes and a pink or balm on my lips. My hair, perhaps one of my best features, is cascading over my shoulders and down my back in curls. I run my fingers through them a few times and bend over, shaking some of the curls loose before standing up straight and giving myself a once over in the mirror. This will be the first time I'm showing a bit more skin, opting for a respectable V-neck sweater. Well, respectable if I was going anywhere else except the prison. The blue sweater is almost the exact color of my eyes, and I'm hoping he'll notice, since he commented on my eyes before. It will be the first time that I'm wearing something besides a turtleneck, and I'm slightly worried that this is a bad idea. I slide my coat on, 
zipping it up to my neck as to not give the guards anything to say about the slight cleavage visible in this sweater. I'm not sure what I'm doing. Teasing Asher, making him want me. This is ridiculous. I need to stay focused on the task at hand. Distracting him will only distract me in return. My hands linger on my zipper, prepared to zip it down and change my top. But something stops me. Maybe he needs a distraction, something to remind him of what's on the outside waiting for him, to hold on, to not give up. Even if he isn't interested in me, he's interested in women. I don't give it another thought before I'm out the door. I've pulled my coat off before sliding into my seat and pulled my hair from under the knit hat I had hidden my silky locks under. They came tumbling out in waves, and I could smell the coconut all around me. This is going to kill him. The door opens and my eyes immediately flit up to find him walking through the door. His eyes widen and he hesitates in his tracks before he continues the walk toward his chair. The door closes, leaving us alone. Neither of us say a word. He lets out a small breath and it reaches me, surrounding me. It smells of mint and perhaps a hint of cigarettes? How in the, I've never seen you with your hair down. I pull my hair over my shoulder dramatically and I don't miss the slight groan. Have you, how did you get cigarettes? His lips snap shut as if it'll be easier to mask the smell coming out of him. I, Asher, what part of stay out of trouble do you not understand? I screech as I stand. Why are you making this so hard? My hand finds the table harder than I intend and his eyes widen at my outburst. The door flies open and the guard looks back and forth between me and Asher. When he realizes that I'm the one causing the ruckus, he closes the door again. First off, smoking isn't a huge deal, but I've been a little stressed lately. I thought I'd need it today. Today? What happened today? Why? Never mind, he says. Not never mind. How did you get it? You know how it is. Someone wants something of mine. I want something of someone else's. It's an easy fix. I had one smoke. It won't kill me, Camilla. And I need something to calm my nerves. Nerves over what? You, he says simply. Me? Yes, or did you think it doesn't do a number on me every time I see you? He points at my shoulder, where my hair sits, and now your hair is down. I rub my hand through my hair. Sorry, I can put it up. No, he shakes his head. It's lovely. I cock my head to the side, trying not to be obvious over how hard I'm swooning. Lovely? And your lips, he adds, they're so pink today. I bite my lip instinctively and his eyes darken. The blue irises turning stormy blue right before my eyes. I release it immediately. Sorry, 
He smiles. I want to touch your hair. I bet it feels like silk. I don't think they would like that too much, I whisper. Probably not. He chuckles. You look very nice today. He leans back. Do you have a date after you leave here or something? My eyes narrow as I watch his gaze drop to his hands as if he can't look me in the eye. No, I say. I don't have many dates. I don't know why I tell him that. Aren't you trying to get him to see you as desirable? Letting him know you're undateable is not the way to get him into your panties. His eyes dart away from his hands and search my face for any signs of dishonesty. Is that so? Why is that? This isn't why I'm here. It can wait. Tell me. I shrug. I just don't see the point on going on a bunch of dates that don't set my soul on fire. And what does that feel like? Having your soul on fire? Like magic. A spark you can't explain. It happens when you see your whole future in someone's eyes. It sounds like a fairy tale or a love song or, I don't know. You sound like a romantic. I am, but to an extent. I know that everything isn't rainbows and sunshine. I don't need hearts and flowers. What do you need? Something a bit darker. Like? Someone that would do anything for me. Like? I shake my head. You wouldn't understand. Make me. Why? What do you care? I'm playing with fire, asking him that. I do believe that he wants me, that he could fulfill the darkness I desperately crave. But does he want to? Or is what I'm feeling one-sided? How would you like me to answer that? He asks. The truth? You haven't answered any of my questions. Why should I answer any of yours? My mind floats back to the questions he asked me last week. Fair, then we can move on. I'm still curious about those questions. My eyes flicker to his, but I don't engage. Have you been staying out of trouble? Yes, ma'am. He nods. Good. Have you? He asks, and I don't miss the way my skin tingles at his question. My clit throbs, thinking about the trouble that Asher Woods and I could get into together. What would happen if I said no? Be glad I'm in handcuffs, he smirks. I suck in a tiny gust of air, but I think he hears it because he smiles. Rarely do I get into trouble, I trail off. Trouble just finds me. What kind of trouble? I chastise myself for my slip of the tongue. Never mind. Are you ever going to tell me anything I want to know? Are you? I reply instantly. If I answer one of your questions, will you answer one of mine? I contort my mouth as I contemplate his question. Okay, ladies first. What happened to have you in shackles last week? I ask as I recall that both his hands and feet were locked together when I came to visit him. 
He rubs a hand over his jaw. I was in the shower. Two guys cornered me, caught me off guard. Don't think of Asher in the shower. Don't think of Asher in the shower. Fuck, I'm thinking about Asher in the shower. And now I have a fantasy for when my hand is between my legs. Well, you were, I mean, really? They were more dressed. I rarely close my eyes in the shower, but I was at peace for once. I closed my eyes. When I opened them, one kicked me, knocking me down, and the two of them were on me. But you handled it? I did. Did you get hurt? No, Miss Larson, I was fine. What were you thinking about? He narrows his eyes at me. You said you were at peace, so you closed your eyes. What were you thinking about? Wouldn't you like to know? I would. Maybe if you answer one of my questions, I'll consider it. Okay. Tell me what I want to know. I shake my head slowly, not prepared to go into something that personal right now. Fine, something easier. Did you wear your hair down for me? I don't think that's easier. I chuckle nervously. Fine, what's your favorite color? I contemplate telling him my actual favorite color, but I change my mind enjoying this flirty back and forth we are engaging in. Maybe, he thinks this is all fun and games and I'm not aggressively lusting after him. But for these 30 minutes I'm here, he can forget his real life and flirt with a woman. I'll happily make his life slightly easier. I've become partial to orange, I whisper, and he chuckles knowing the meaning behind my words. That's funny, I've always liked blue, but there's a specific blue that I can't stop thinking about. You have a fixation with my eyes. They're very beautiful, stunning even. I tuck a hair behind my ear. Thank you. Can I ask another question? Shoot. If I get out of here. When you get out of here, I correct. When I get out of here. He starts before he stops suddenly. He leans forward and although he knows he's not supposed to touch me, his finger drags along my knuckles and it's as if it's a direct line to my clitoris. I owe you dinner. Is that what he thinks? That he owes me anything? That's not a question, and you don't owe me anything, Asher. Well, I would like to take you to dinner. Can I? He looks away and then back at me. One day. One day soon, I correct him. Not because I want him to think that he has to, but so he can get used to the idea that he's getting out soon. I have to keep him positive. As a thank you for all that you've done for me. You don't have to thank me, but I do. You changed my life, Camilla. You gave me my life back. I don't know what to say in response to his words. You don't deserve to be in here. I murmur, why do you think that? You know why. What's going on with you, Camilla? Please talk to me. 
don't you trust me? I resist the urge to nervously bite my lip. I don't even know you, I tell him, and his face falls. I see. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to overstep my boundaries. Do I tell him the truth? Tell him why I took such an interest in his case. Why I basically demanded that my school's project look into the details. That as I learned more and more about this man and his story, I felt myself being pulled in deeper and deeper, to the point that I'm bordering on obsession. Do I tell him that all I want is for him to take me against this metal table so hard and fast that I forget my own name? The words are dying to fall from my lips. But instead, I go with, no, I didn't mean it like that. How did you mean it? I'm not, I don't need you to save me. I can tell he's gritting his teeth behind his lips. Do you need saving, though? No, you don't have to be so hard, you know. What do you know about it? A little. You're saving me, Camilla. Let me return the favor. Saving someone is what got you into this mess in the first place. As soon as the words leave my mouth, I regret them. I see the anger in his eyes, and for a brief second, I wonder if he's going to leap across this table. Asher, I didn't. Fuck you, he growls, and I feel the tears spring to my eyes. I'm sorry, I shouldn't have. You're right, you shouldn't have. He growls before closing his eyes to, I assume, practice some breathing exercise prison shrinks give. Are you going through what she went through? Answer my fucking question, Camilla, so help me or I'll take you the fuck over my knee and spank it out of you, and then my parole hearing will be shut to shit. He leans forward. Fucking answer me. I'm skittish. I know I am. The second the first fuck left his lips, the wetness pooled in my panties. And then he said fuck again and again, and then spank, and my insides quivered with need. It took everything in me not to test him. But something told me Asher Woods made good on his promises, and putting a grad student over his knee and spanking her is certainly the way to get his parole hearing shot to shit, as he so eloquently put it. No, I say simply. My thighs still clamped together so that there's no chance that Asher will get a whiff of the arousal pouring out of me. Don't fucking lie to me. Stop swearing at me. God, don't stop. He ignores my comment. Will it make you feel better if I tell you that I won't kill someone for you? Is that what you're worried about? That I'm going to do what I did over Daniela for you? Newsflash, you're not Daniela. I don't know you. I'm certainly not going to kill anyone over you. I was just going to suggest you get some fucking help. I was worried because I care. I like you, but no, Camilla, I'm not going to kill for you. I swallow. His words are like a bitter pill, even though it's what I want. 
I don't want him feeling some sort of attachment to me and wanting to commit any crime over me. But his words sting. Good. Can we talk about something else? Of course. I'm sorry if I offended you earlier. He nods. And I know he's not trying to get into that again. We sit in silence for a moment. You. What about me? Me. You asked what I was thinking about when I felt at peace. In, in the shower. He was thinking about me in the shower. Holy fuck. You bring me peace, Miss Larson. He might as well have said, let me lick you from head to toe with the way my body is on fire from his words. Well, keep your eyes open, Mr. Woods. He smiles in understanding. Did you wear your hair down for me? He asks again, and I can't even stop myself before I'm slowly moving my head up and down. Are you trying to torture me? He chuckles. You and me both, so it seems. I'm trying to invigorate you. Show me what I've been missing since I landed in jail. Had you forgotten? Doubt it. A man like this who exudes so much sex appeal doesn't just forget how it works. I'd forgotten what this felt like. I raise an eyebrow in question. Being attracted to a woman, flirting with her, and having her flirt back. Am I flirting with you? I smirk so he knows I am, in fact, flirting. I think so. What specifically were you thinking about in the shower? My hand inches forward slowly, and my fingertip slowly grazes his hand before I let it drop to the table. His eyes are staring at the spot where my finger met his skin, as if he can't believe that I just touched him in a way that was anything but professional. Nothing specific. My tongue darts out and wets my lips and I watch his nostrils flare in response. You sure about that? My fingertips find my neck, and I draw it along the skin, down my chest to the space between my cleavage. You want to know if I touched my cock? I swallow. The word cock falling from his lips, making every part of me tingle. Did you? He leans forward and whispers. I don't jack and tell. A smile lurks behind his eyes. I wish he would say what his eyes are telling me as I can feel them undressing me. Yes, I touched my cock while I pictured your mouth around it. Your mouth, your pussy, those hands of yours, anything. Instead, he looks at the manila folder in front of me and motions. Should we go over that now? Over the next week, we've done a similar dance over email, although I'm much more careful as I know his internet activity is closely monitored. During our next session, he's tense, more tense than I've seen him. It isn't until he shakes my hand at the end of our meeting that I feel it pressed into my palm. A note? He holds it there and as if my panties weren't already drenched by the feeling of his rugged hand over mine. 
This man actually has the nerve to wink at me. He fucking winked. Cue the inferno between my legs. I tucked the note into my pocket and gripped it for dear life as I make my way through the prison. As soon as I'm free from the confined four walls, I'm all but running for my car. As soon as I'm safe inside, I pull it from my pocket and begin devouring the words he didn't want anyone reading but me. To the woman who has me walking around a men's correctional facility with a permanent state of blue balls. If and when I get out of here, you'll be paying for that. You want to know if I've thought about you while I touch my cock? The answer is yes. You want to know if I've wondered what your pussy tastes like? Also, yes. What your pussy feels like. How your perky breasts would feel under my hands. How your nipples would pebble under my touch. Check, check, and check. I've pictured you riding my cock. Me plowing into you while you writhe underneath me. Me driving into you from behind, giving me a view of your ass. That delicious ass that I'm dying to sink my teeth into. I've thought about all of this. How it would feel when your fingertips clawed my back. Those perfectly manicured nails that you bite when you get nervous. Speaking of biting, your fucking lip. I want to bite that fucking lip so hard. Bite it and then lick away the sting. I don't know where you came from, and frankly, I don't care. I don't consider myself a particularly religious man, but I thank God every day that I read your letter, that I met you, that you exist. Your perfect blue eyes, perfectly imperfect. I see the way you look at me, the way you react to me, the way you press your thighs together when you sit across from me. Don't press them together so tight. I want to smell your arousal. I want to taste it in the air. I apologize if this is coming off crass and impolite, harsh, crude. It's just I want to do very impolite things to you. I want to fuck away all of the darkness hiding beneath the surface. I want to be very rough with you. I am very fond of you, but I want to fuck you like I hate you. So yes, blue eyes, I think of you when I touch my cock. I'm walking through the prison two days later with a slight pep in my step. We are getting closer to his hearing and we, well, I argue that we needed more meetings. I'm walking behind the guard when I stop in my tracks. I need to use the ladies' room, please. He grunts out something that sounds a lot like women before leading me down a different hall. I'm in one stall, my back pressed against the door as I pull out his note. I don't know why I need to read it. I have it almost memorized at this point by how many times I've read it. But something about reading his words seeing his handwriting, knowing that he wrote these words for me, has me building towards my orgasm instantly. My hand slithers down my torso and underneath my black high-waisted slacks. They find my underwear and go beneath the satin fabric. By no surprise, I'm wet. 
my panties already damp with my arousal. I palm myself, running my fingers as well as the palm of my hand between my folds, collecting the moisture. I do it a few times, trying my best not to get turned on before I have to go do this sexual dance with a man I'm trying to get out of prison. The man who can turn me on with just a look. I'm not sure if this behavior could get me kicked out of my program or off my project, but it isn't explicitly said that you can't have stifling sexual chemistry with a felon. And hey, part of our job is about finding the loopholes, the technicalities. So there is a bit of a conflict of interest on my part, but it doesn't change the fact that Asher Woods does not deserve to be in prison. I think I've gathered enough of myself on my hand, so I ball it into a fist and stick it deep in my coat pocket to mask the smell from the guard escorting me to the small room where I see Asher. I have a note of my own to give him that I will slide into his hand at the end of our interaction. But for now, my focus is getting my arousal all over him. He wants to smell it in the air? I'll give him one better. He's going to smell it on his hand. All good, I smile as I exit the bathroom to find the guard waiting. He gives me an expression of pure boredom. Lead the way. I enter the room and the guard immediately closes it behind me. God, they're almost making this too easy. If I didn't know these rooms were monitored, I'd get naked and lay myself out like a buffet on this table. A moan almost escapes my lips at the thought. Blue eyes, he taunts. Game on, baby. Twice in one week, I'm a lucky man. I clear my throat, taking a few steps forward. Mr. Woods. I slide my hand out of my coat pocket and hold it for him to take. He does as he always does, and I watch as his expression morphs almost instantly. I go to pull my hand back when he squeezes it tighter and pulls me towards him. What is? You'll have to see for yourself. I would know that smell anywhere. He grits out through his teeth. I try to pull away again when he holds me even firmer. Did you touch yourself? I giggle and give him a shrug before I finally manage to break free from his hold. He's frozen still standing as I lower myself to the linoleum chair. Mr. Woods, would you like to have a seat? I motion for him to sit, but he just stares down at me, his eyes flitting from me to his hand that has evidence of my well-rubbed sex. He sits and puts both of his hands in front of his face as if he's just simply rubbing his face. But I can hear it, the deep inhale. And then I see it his tongue peeking out and running over his palm and his fingertips. He drops his head and groans, fuck. His eyes shoot up and stare at me. It smells like you in here. Isn't that what you wanted? You have no idea what you're doing. What am I doing? You're teasing a starving man with food. I intend to feed you. His eyes widen and I smile at my cheekiness. God, this man makes me so fucking bold. 
I will destroy you, Miss Larson. He says so low in his throat I almost miss it. Please. April 23rd, he says. April 23rd, I repeat back. I am going to ruin you for other men. I hear the sexiness of his words, and I know he's thinking with a head between his legs and not the one a few feet higher, but I can't stop the frown from finding my face when I hear the words played back again. Aren't I already ruined for other men? It isn't as if I'd had a long list of suitors, and the sexual trauma of my past left me with a shitload of baggage. Baggage that men don't want to help me unload. At least the ones I've had experience with. The ones that attempt to help did the opposite. They were too polite in bed. Everything was soft, romantic, sweet. And while that's lovely, sometimes a woman just wants to be fucked raw, primal, animalistic. I was so fucking sick of missionary sex. I want a man to pull my hair as he fucks me from behind, his hand gripping my ass so hard his fingernail marks are left in my skin. I want to feel him pounding my cervix with every thrust. I want to be fucked hard. And if Asher's note is any foreshadowing, he is just the man to do it. I know I can't expect anything more from him than the fuck of my life. It isn't like I can take him home to meet my parents, introduce him to my friends, invite him to my graduation next year. No, I know what this is. I need him to fuck me. I'm already damaged, I know that. I want him to damage me further and then put me back together. It's like I was torn in half and I want him to tear me into fourths and then eighths and then make me whole again with every piece in a different spot. I'd read mind-blowing sex could do that to you, turn you inside out and make you a different person on the other side. I want that. I crave that. I'm fucked up. But he understands that. He respects that. He isn't going to hold me like I'm going to break. He wants to defile me. I'm already ruined, I tell him simply. His face falls dramatically at those three words. An hour later, as I prepare to leave, I hold my hand out for him and he smiles, having held his hand in front of his face for the better part of an hour. Miss Larson, always a pleasure. He grabs my hand and smiles wider when he feels the paper pressed into my palm. I'll see you in a week, Mr. Woods. I don't turn around as I walk towards the door, but I don't miss the sound of a deep inhale coming from behind me. Asher. She is going to kill me. I'm walking back to my cell. Her note that I'd slid into my sock, pressing against my ankle in the most taunting way. I'd never thought that the corner of a neatly folded paper rubbing against my ankle in my sock would feel as if someone was running their teeth along my balls. Camilla running her teeth along my balls. 
I rub my hand over my face, careful not to let the scent linger in my growing facial hair too long. But I catch a whiff of her again. Her womanly scent that in one hour has become my favorite smell on the planet. The taste of her is still present on my tongue, but it's fading fast. So I slide a finger in my mouth, trying to savor her taste. She's so sweet. I'm back in my cell, safely behind bars when I pull out her note. Blue balls. I can't escape the laugh that comes from deep in my chest. She's such a cheeky thing. Your note floored me, truly. I've never been one for erotica, but your words turned me the fuck on. It's been the reason for quite a few nights I've spent at home with my vibrator, one that now has a new name. I'll give you a hint, it's orange. All of those things you said you'd like to do, I want them, and then some. I understand that I'll be the first woman that you've had contact with in quite some time, and that you might be a little restless, anxious, tense, aggressive, animalistic, carnal. Stop me at any time. I want all of that. I want you to take the frustrations of the last two years out on me, on my body. I want you to use me however you want. I want you so badly that it physically pains me. When I sit across from you once a week and I can't touch you, kiss you, run my tongue over that sexy little dimple on your left cheek, run my tongue over every inch of you in search of other dimples. I want you to chain me to a bed and fuck me until I beg for mercy. Mercy I'll never beg for. Fuck me until I scream till I cry, till I can't speak. I'm not afraid of you, I trust you, probably more than I should. I'm hard as a rock as I finish her words. I look at the wall, the fresh tally I'd just put up this morning indicating another day down stares back at me. We are just shy of a month till my hearing, and it is getting more painful by the day just thinking about how much time I have left. What if I don't get out? What if it's denied and I'm denied my freedom? Or worse, denied Miss Larson's delicious pussy. The thought smacks me hard in the face. Miss Larson has become my entire incentive for getting out of here. Driving, sleeping in my own bed, my job, have all been knocked from first place. My little blue eyes proudly taking that spot. I'm getting caught under her spell. And I haven't even touched her properly or improperly. I'm bordering on obsession and I haven't even been inside of her yet. Once I'm out of here, what exactly does she want? She couldn't possibly want more than sex, could she? I haven't felt something this deep for someone in so long, maybe ever. I don't think I've ever felt that someone had burrowed themselves so deep in my soul. I don't believe I have a heart anymore, as it was shattered in the wake of Daniela's trauma. But I do believe I have a soul, and Camilla Larson is embedded deep in there. I am fucked.
Well, well, well. What did you think of that? <laughs> I can't wait to listen. I can't. Because we have to record this beforehand. So I can't wait to go and listen to the the real life podcast and hear this. It's going to be so good. It's going to be nasty. It's going to be nasty. Um, nasty. QB Tyler is uh, most of her stuff is on Kindle Unlimited. So go pick up her new release, Love Unexpected. Like we read the blurb earlier. It's about a stepdad and his... Um, grieving stepdaughter <laughs> she's grieving really hard um no she's so sad and only one thing is gonna make her happy I think all of her stuff might be on i think it is oh wow yeah. nice she's yeah. giving away a signed paperback so go to readmeromance.com and enter to win and and yeah. if, you, if you definitely like Kay webster i think it's gonna fall right into that category oh okay oh, that's nice those are uh, that's a big endorsement coming from mel yeah Mm-hmm. So we will be back on Friday uh, with more of Fantasy with a Felon. Talk to you then. Leah. Bye. Tell them what to do, oh, Leah. Oh, shit. <laughs> Sorry. Fuck your day up. Make sure you're a bitch. Don't be a dick. Bye. 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 Read me romance. Read, read me romance. Read me romance. Read, read me romance. You could take a look in a book that's fine. Or you could sit back, relax, and unwind. And read me romance.